Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love, O Lord, your love made known. Amen. Amen. Genesis 18, Genesis 21, the promise to Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child finally comes through. We continue our series this morning with part two on names. And you're going to see the name we're going to get to is Laughter. So as Isaac's born, he's named Laughter. We're going to get to why. But part two of names. Last time we talked about Adam and dirt man and how God makes something out of dirt and breathes life into it. Today we're going to talk about promises and God's promises <coughs> And we're going to continue with names. Because understanding those names in the Bible helps us understand the stories. Because names have meaning. Her name was Marjean Chapman. And when I got to Johnson City, she was the office administrator and had been for 30 years. Anybody that can put up with church folks for 30 years is pretty tough. <laughs> she was married to a Presbyterian minister. And she was one of the most strong-willed people I'd ever met. She had her way of doing things. And every now and then someone would come along and suggest, Hey, you know, making bulletins might be easier if you did this or that or if and she would just politely and professionally listen and go, thank you for your input. <laughs> and they would kind of look at her and go, so you're not going to do it that way? And she would go, I have my way that works for me. Thank you very much. Marjean had to have surgery while I was there. And the doctors told her this recovery from surgery would be six to eight weeks. And so we told her, hey, we've got church volunteers. We'll get the office covered six to eight weeks. Take your time. And Marjean never told anybody her age, but we knew she was old enough that whatever the recovery period was, it should be at least that long. Your body doesn't heal quite as fast as we age. And she looked and she said, I'll be back in the office part time at two weeks. I'll be back to my regular schedule in four weeks. And I looked at her, and we were talking about it. I said, is it okay if we make provisions for four weeks, but if you're back in two weeks, okay? I actually had a surgical nurse come up to me, and she had heard Marjean talk and say that she was going to be back in two weeks. And she came up to me and said, um, you realize she's not going to be back for at least a month, probably six to eight weeks with the surgery she's having. And I went, I know that's what the doctors told her. <laughs> Have you met Marjean? <laughs> We're going to make provisions. Thank you for your care and concern. And we love her. And she's going to have the time off that she needs to heal and get better. At the same time, I'm not betting against her. If she says she's going to be back in two weeks, yes, we'll line up volunteers through that because she's only coming back, you know, very part-time, just a couple hours in the office each day, you know, to get back on her feet. But... 
And she went, no, you need to line somebody up for six weeks. And I went, we'll see after two weeks. Two weeks in, Marjean was back. Part-time for that first week and back to her regular schedule by week four. And I could tell, I mean, she was hurting a little and it was probably a little soon, but it was that will and that follow through. She had made a commitment to herself to get up, get back on her feet, and that strong will, that determination. It was one of the things we admired about her. She had promised to come back in two weeks. She had made a promise and she was going to follow through on that. Promises in the Bible. God makes all kinds of promises. God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah. Or I should say, God made a promise to Abram and Sarai. That was their name. It was their name. And the promise comes to Abram and Sarai. And as they receive God's promises, God changes their name to Abraham and Sarah. Which always seems a little, okay, it's basically the same thing. It just messes up all the relatives, right? Who are so used to call Abram, Abram, Abram. Oh, Abraham. Sarai, Sarai, Sarai. Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> but this is where knowing their names helps us understand the story and God's promise and what God is up to. The name Abram means exalted father or glorious father, which I don't know why you need a name change. If the promise to Abraham and Sarah is that you are going to be parents of many descendants that are going to be a great nation that God will bless to be a blessing, that's already a pretty good name. But you can almost hear if that name basically sort of means father, that Abram, exalted father, Abraham means father of a multitude. So when God promises Abraham and Sarah, his name is changed to match the promise. And so every time somebody calls him by that name, he's reminded of the promise that God made to him. And Sarai means princess. Sarah means princess of many. So when we call her Sarah, and every time, right, as husband and wife, they use each other's name, they're reminded of that promise that God made to them. And I wonder if it was at 40 or at 50. When God had always been good to them and blessed them and they wanted to hope and wanted to believe, but began to wonder if God's going to come through on this one. Okay, I believe God's going to come through on this one, but we're to the point I have no earthly idea how that's going to happen. Truly, no earthly idea how that is going to happen. So three visitors show up 
and, and hospitality, so important to ancient culture, so important to us today still, right? But so important that Abraham gets up and welcomes three strangers and says, okay, there were no hotels, so you're going to stay with us. He invites them to eat with them, which is also an invitation to camp with them for the night as they're travelers, doesn't know them. He gets up and goes and greets them and says, here, let me make some bread. But then he goes and he calls Sarah, princess of the multitude. For me and you, sweetie, the promise has never come true. <laughs> but he calls her by that name, princess of the multitude. And he looks at her and says, don't just make bread. Go get the finest grain. You couldn't just go to the store. They took the best of what they had to make this meal because they had a chance to bless someone else, an opportunity, and so they did. And then speaking for the Lord, the three strangers. I love that, right? It's not hard to imagine them as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just personified or angels, were never really quite clear, but they represent the Lord, the way it's worded in, the, in Hebrew. And one of them finally speaks up, oh, your wife, princess of the multitude, Sarah, where is she? Oh, she's in the tent. She will have the child that God promised. And you hear the laughter from the tent. And I wonder what Sarah's laughter was like there, right? It gets brought up, but Sarah's laughter at that moment is, <laughs> yeah, right. There's, there's no earthly way. And so through this stranger, the Lord calls her out, um, Sarah, you laughed. Uh, no, no, I didn't disbelieve God is almost what, what, what comes out of her mouth. I, I, no, I didn't. Yes, yes, you did. Let's call it what it is. Because there's that laughter that is really the laughter of disbelief. You can't believe what you've just seen. We have so many different types of laughs. Then we jump to chapter 21, and Sarah is true. As the strangers come back, Sarah is giving birth, and has given birth to Isaac, whose name means laughter, or he laughs. But this is a different type of laughter. We have one word for it, but it's a different type of laughter. We have so many reasons we laugh. Someone drops a tray in the lunchroom and we try not to laugh at them. <clears throat> right, there's the laughter of disbelief, the laughing at someone. But the laughter here that Sarah explains is, look at what God has done. This is so unbelievable, amazing, and joyful that everyone will laugh with me. My friends will laugh with me. God is laughing with me. And the joy of God loves to laugh. Not at us. 
but with us. And so we get the name Isaac, meaning laughter, because Sarah names this child and Abraham named this child, right? The princess of the multitude and the father of the multitude named this child laughter. And I think sometimes because the world's going to laugh with us and in disbelief. But God has promised and God has come through. Maybe not in the time frame that Abraham and Sarah first thought. But they held on to that promise. And God delivered. The nation. The descendants that would be as numerous as the stars. That will come through Abraham and Sarah, through Isaac, through Jacob. And beyond. For centuries for millennia, that we are here in that line with them. And the promise that God made that they held on to, the promise that God delivered, that promise becomes our responsibility. I told you the other promise, not just that Abraham would be the father of a multitude, of a great multitude, but that those people would be blessed to be a blessing. So in the name change, from Abram to Abraham, from Sarai to Sarah, to the birth of Isaac being named Laughter. We remember this story this morning because it is our story. God's promise to us that God has always been faithful. We can trust that promise because we've seen in the past that God did that for Abraham and Sarah, for so many others in the Bible. But also onto us that God's promised that we would be blessed. And we are. Look at your life. Yes, full of tragedy, full of heartbreak in many ways, but also so richly blessed in ways that you would never have dreamed of when you were five years old. But you are blessed. But I love that because you aren't blessed for your own good for your own well-being. Yes, that's part of it, that's nice. But you are blessed with purpose so that you can leave this place and bless others. Your invitation this week is to count your blessings. I know it's not Thanksgiving yet, that's when we usually start counting up all the things we're thankful for. It's only September. But it's always a great spiritual practice to look around and count your blessings. And then the challenge is to ask yourself, with all those blessings, what am I doing with those? How am I making the world a better place, not for me, but for everyone else? Invited to count your blessings and challenged to examine then the way you share that as a blessing for the world, for God's kingdom. Amen.